Welcome to the Media Boat Podcast, uh, where we talk about movies, TV, music, and video games. I'm your host, Mike, and with all me is my sidekick, Matt. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop this train. I'm your sidekick now, huh? Oh, no. This this is what happens when you let me do the intro. Oh, fair enough. (laughs) Hey, I always always treat us as equals when I do it. This is why you always do it. Okay, fine. Um... (laughs) I'm sick, guys, so if I don't talk as much as usual, that's probably why. Yep. I'm currently sucking on a cough drop. That's, yeah, you suck it. Yep. You suck uh, it dry. That tastes actually pretty good. I like the cherry ones. Um, so that's trying to get me in a state where I can talk a little more. But in the meantime, I will uh, chime in when I can. Right. Um, anyways, so yeah, let's talk about box office. It looks like... Um, uh, rollover. We had a rollover that we neither of us called. Yep. Uh, Sully was once again your number one box office with 21 million, a 38% drop, bringing its total to 70 million, uh, and actually crosses that uh, 60 million um, budget. Still not making a profit yet because it needs 120, but hey, it crossed the budget mark. Yay! Hey, number two was Matt's pick, Blair Witch, 9.5 million, which sucks, uh, yes. apparently. In both um, box office, office and, and critically. Criti- yes. Apparently people do not like that thing. Yes. Uh, which goes to show you, I guess, maybe there is a statute of limitations for when people care about the Blair Witch. Yes. Also, only made it on a $5 million budget. So horror movies, once again. Right. Profitable. going to turn a profit. Profitable. So yep. the studio will be happy. No one else will be. <laughs> yes. Anyone else who sees it will not be happy. Uh, number three was, surprise, surprise... <laughs> Bridget Jones's baby coming in with eight point five million. Well, I mean that's your counter programming. So whoever went in a group of people who didn't want to see Blair Witch or Sully went to see Bridget Jones. Yep, thirty five million to make. Not gonna make that here domestically. No. Nope, that's gonna be an international Maybe. Saving. Yeah. Well at least a London savior. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Yeah. British audiences like uh, what's his name? Um Huge Grant. No, the other one. Uh, Tom Collins. No, the other one. Collins Firth. Yes. Yes. And number four was Snowden. Uh, coming in with eight million. And number five was your only hold, or your second holdover. Don't Breathe with Here. 5.6 million. But 31% drop. Well, I guess word of mouth will do wonders if you're a horror movie. Yep, 31% drop. Seventy-five million on a ten million budget. Not bad. Not bad. So you saw Snowden. You so I saw Snowden. Snowden. Yes, I'll talk about Snowden. Yeah. Um, so in nineteen eighty-seven, Target ran a ad campaign. Yes. Uh, it was about a, a snowman skating snowman, whose name was Snowden, and they even had a special on ABC. I want to say. Yes, it was ABC. In which they did a ice skating special where Snowden skated and. Um, uh, what's his name? The famous skater. Jason Gordon-Levitt. No. Uh, Brian Boitana. No. <laughs> anyway. Chrissy Yamaguchi. Anyways, yes, sorry. Uh, talk about Snowden now. Okay. Movie. <laughs> Snowden uh, is your latest political thriller from uh, Oliver Stone, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the title role. It also stars a naked Shailene Woodley, an intriguing Nicolas Cage, and a surprising <coughs> cast of nobodies. Well, 
Okay, besides the people you mentioned. Well, yes. Also, Melissa Leo is in this. Sure. Although she does not look like Melissa Leo. Okay. And uh, surprise, Zachary Quinto is in here, too. Okay. Uh, in the brief shots that he is in Who here. Who is more of a surprise, Zachary Quinto or Nicolas Cage? Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Because he's in there at the beginning, and then nowhere else to be found. <laughs> so I was like, like huh, Nicolas Cage. Huh, you're he had here. important things to do. Yeah, you're here. Next to uh, the Declaration of Independence. I'm sure that's exactly what he was doing <laughs> there. Trying to steal the Declaration of Independence. Maybe so. Anyways, this movie comes with a disclaimer. Yes. First off, uh, right when the movie starts is a disclaimer saying, this movie is a dramatic interpretation of what actually happened. <laughs> yeah. Basically saying, these events happened, but in order to make this into a movie and make this somewhat entertainable, they may not have happened in exactly this fashion or order. Entertainable? Entertainable, yes. Entertainable. Yes. Okay. Just l- letting that wash through my head real quick. Entertainable. Okay. Just the ability to entertain. Flipping it back and forth. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, this movie plays exactly like an Oliver Stone movie. You don't say. I don't say. Nicholas Cage fish. Yep. Um, um, is Joseph Gordon-Levitt good? Yes. You hesitated. I hesitate because of his voice. Yes, his voice. Yes. He does the deep voice, um, which is too deep for his own good. Do you think he was just really sick? No, no. Okay. I think this was, a per- con- this was actually a conscious decision because, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, Edward Snowden does actually appear. It's not that much of a spoiler. No, it's not that much of a spoiler. <laughs> uh, so they, in order to keep continuity, um, they have to have his, they made his voice do the exact same thing. They basically okay. mimic his voice. Fair enough. Yes. But uh, as I called last week, this does include a naked Shailene Woodley, <laughs> which I called and okay. was pleasantly surprised. Sure. And then disappointed. And then surprised again. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yes, uh, this movie is in fact a very loosely, I say loosely because damn, do they take some liberties. Well, yeah. There are certain parts of the story, the real story, that would not be that interesting in the movie. No. <clears throat> so I could see how they needed to maybe stretch a little bit. They basically made Snowden the smartest man on Earth in, like, the first ten minutes. Well, in order for the, the, the premise to work, they need to. Yes. Yeah. And basically he hops, skips, and jumps his way through both the CIA, NSA, and eventually... Yeah, you know, does Snowden stuff. <laughs> I think we use it as a verb now. Basically becomes the whistleblower that we know he is today. Yes. Yes. And whether or not um, any of this is good or bad is all broken down into basically, do you want, are you okay, the big general question, are you okay with the United States basically spying on everything that you do? Or, more appropriately as the film put it, the ability to spy on everything you do. Because even though they collect data on everyone, they're not necessarily using it. It's more of a back catalog Google search. Okay. That they use in the simplest terms. So I'm going to avoid the big questions here because this is not what this podcast is. Right. This is not a political, is Snowden good or bad? But I will will ask this question. Okay. Oliver Stone has a habit of showing the way that he leans in the script. Yes. Does that happen? Yes. Okay. Uh, 
Yes, and he also shows the other side. Basically, that's all Shanley Woodley's character is. Okay, besides naked. Yes. <laughs> besides being naked is when she has her clothes on and she's actually talking, mm. um, she basically voices the opposite opinion of whatever Snowden is. Got it. And then Oliver Stone uses Snowden's voice as basically saying, yeah, but this is why it's bad. And you're supposed to agree with it. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, sounds okay. So overall, this is a movie it. your parents will catch on HBO because <laughs> they heard the name and it sounds familiar. Yeah. But not like something you have to go out and see now. No, this is not something you have to go out and see now. This is not your Joseph Gordon-Levitt Oscar. No, this is not your. This is not his Oscar. This is, nor is this your Oliver Stone JFK movie. Yeah, but you know there was a time where that would have been. Oscar bait. Yeah, there's also a time where this would have been Oscar bait. So, are you saying the time's over? I'm saying either the time is over or the time is too soon. Oh, do you think they released it too early? I think so. Okay. I think that, as the movie points out, that not enough has been done to curtail it. Yeah. That, basically, this is... The whole Snowden story has basically now been washed over and nobody cares anymore. Yeah. There was a period of time there where he was, you know, every other headline. Yep. And that has ended, largely. I think the last thing I heard about him was when um, John Oliver uh, did that interview with him on Last Week Tonight. Yes. A year ago. Two years. Uh, no, was that was the start of his second season. So, and yeah, so, yeah it's a been year ago. forever since it's, been, since it's been a thing on anybody's mind. <coughs> and I feel like even when John Oliver did that thing, it was still after kind of the zeitgeist had passed. Right. I think it's important that we have this conversation because I think it's something that we talked about. And so, in a way, I'm glad that this movie exists just to keep that conversation going. Which I think that's what this movie does good, is it yeah. keeps the conversation going. But, but it's not going to keep it going enough to have any actual no. political implications like or that. any security implications. Yep. Oh, well. It's basically saying, hey, this happened. And just like Oliver Stone's movie, they happen and then they go away. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> so, yes, Oliver Stone, in turn, was the correct director for this movie. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so that's Snowden. Yep. Oh, I also, uh, as I mentioned last week, I went to the movie, and I also saw uh, Digimon Try yeah. in theaters. Okay, to clarify, this yes. is not a movie. One, this is not a movie. Yeah, this, this is, is a, a first episode. Yes, technically it is the first episode in a series of six planned that... Um, that Japan decided to release in honor of the 15th anniversary of, of Digimon. Digimon. <laughs> I like how niche that is. It's like people who care about the 15th anniversary of Digimon. I don't think it's more than once they care about it. It's just that they decided to do something about it. <laughs> yes. Or rather, they wanted to revive Digimon. And they said, hey, 15th anniversary is coming up in a while. Why don't we plan something for that? And this was like three years ago. It's interesting because Nintendo did absolutely nothing for the 50th anniversary of Pokemon. No, but for the 20th right now, it's like yeah, exploding. It's a deal because the 20th is a bigger deal than the 15th. That's right. what I'm saying. It's like so. It's like a niche of a niche. It's yeah. not only it's not only just like people who care about 15th year anniversaries, but people who care about Digimon. Well, this <laughs> is so much of a niche of a niche of a niche that this stuff is already online on Crunchyroll too. That you can watch in Japanese too. It's already online on YouTube to yeah. where you could watch it subbed or like subtitled. Yeah. Not English dubbed. But three, there's already a parody 
or an abridged version of this episode online. <laughs> okay. So, needless to say, this thing is way behind the ball. Yeah. But that being said, I still enjoyed it. On a related note, how many people were in that theater? Eight. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Very niche. And the fact is so niche that we could hear someone complain. Yeah. One, that the movie started late. And two, that the song was was turned off, that they'd rewind. Yes, literally rewind. <laughs> yes, as you noted. You sent me a screenshot, uh, a picture of this thing that looked like a DVR. Yes. Somebody had literally recorded this on their television. <laughs> yes. Rewind. Yes, rewind it. And they're complaining about how they spent $15 on this ticket. Wow. That all this stuff was happening. But overall, it's Digimon. You're either going to like it or you're not. It's not going to try and convince anyone otherwise. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on to movie news. Yes, moving on to movie news. Another movie I'm not going to convince anyone otherwise that they either okay. like it or not. Mad Max uh, will be getting the black and chrome version, a.k.a. the black and white. Okay. Uh, this will be uh, as part of the High Octane Collection, okay. which includes the previous four uh, Mad Max films. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Are all of them going to have the new like black and white? No. Films? Just Fury Road? Yes. Okay. So it'll be Mad Max. Um, what's the second one? Return to Thunderdome? No, no, no. That's the third one. It's Beyond Thunderdome. Beyond Thunderdome. That's the third one. Uh, I don't know what the second one is. Mad Max 2. <laughs> yes. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Mad Max Fury Road. And Mad Max Fury Road Chrome. Sure. Okay. Back in Chrome edition. Sure. Um, yeah, I'd probably watch that movie again. Yeah. Apparently it's supposed to be better in black and white. I could see, like, visualizing it in my head here. Yeah. I could see how that might be cool. I mean, some of the stills they've shown yeah. so far have been good. But I'm just curious as to when it comes to, like, the dust storm scene, where it's gonna just going to be, like, total chaos and yeah. you won't be able to tell. There's that. But I think that there's enough, like, the, that movie does high contrast really well. Yes. And contrast translates well to it. That's true. Yeah. So I think that there's probably going to be a lot of real cool sequences that they could do in black and white. Yeah, I can yeah. see it. Yeah. Um, also uh, for DVD, or rather Blu-ray, Donnie Darko. Okay. We'll be getting a 4K released version. <laughs> sure. For some reason. Sure. Yeah, so if you're a Donnie Darko fan and don't already own not only the Blu-ray or the DVD or the VHS, you can get it in 4K. Well, people do like <laughs> that movie. For your upcoming 4K, yes. People do certainly like that movie. So there's it is definitely a strange somewhere. movie. And it's something, I don't know. It's been a while since I saw it. It's also one of the only movies that stars that stars both Gyllenhaal's in yes, it. Yes, this is true. Yep. Um, moving on to actual movie news now. Margot Robbie. Yes. Uh, best known lately for playing Harley Quinn, will once again reprise her role. Okay. She will executive produce her own Harley Quinn solo film. And will be giving Warner Brothers a first look deal to develop and produce the film through her own production company. Yep. As, as they all do now. Yep. Lucky Chap Entertainment. Okay. Yep. 
Yeah, you know, that makes some sense. It seems like out of, you know, the people who did see Suicide Squad, it seems like a lot of people did like her character. Yep. So it does make some sense. There's some heat there. Um, so, yeah. Sure. So, yep. Uh, so look forward to a possible standalone <laughs> Harley Quinn movie in 2020, roughly. I'd give it maybe 19. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of new developments, one of our favorite composers, Michael Giacchino. Yes. Will now be composing the music for Rogue One. Right, and he wasn't originally. Uh, he was, right. Um, I don't have the original name here. Yeah. Yes, but anyways, he had to back <laughs> out. Um, according to the the um, t- uh, variety, I think I got this from, that he had to back out due to the reshoots and wasn't able to compose. Okay. This I found out through secondhand sources that this may not actually be the case. Oh. That uh, the actual composer. Didn't actually make any uh, actual contributions to the film yet. Oh, so like they just hadn't gotten to that step yet? Yes, that they were supposed to have uh, three scores done and hadn't done, and only done one. Oops. Yep. So, due through, I guess, creative differences, or more timeline differences, they decided to go with Michael Giacchino. Because they know that he'll pound stuff out. Yep. Yeah. So, this is actually twofold. One... This is, he will, Michael Cicino will be the first uh, non, uh, first composer who is not John Williams to do a Star Wars film. Right. But he is also the first composer to work on all five arms of the Disney branch, of the Disney franchises. Oh, interesting. Yep. Because he's done Pixar. He's done Zootopia. Yeah. He's done Doctor Strange, or he will do Doctor He's currently doing Doctor Strange as well. Yeah. Coming out in November. Right. He did uh, Inside Out and Up. Right. Uh, he also <coughs> did uh, Sky High and Tomorrowland. Oh. Yep. And this will be uh, the, the fifth uh, Star Wars. So that's uh, Disney Animation, Marvel, Pixar, uh, their live action. Yep. Disney live action, and... Now, Star Wars. So, yep. All five arms of the Disney branch. So, it's safe to say he's got... He's doing pretty good for himself. Cool. <laughs> yep. Well, that's good. Yep. Um, yeah. That'll, that'll be good. He's good at what he does. Yep, he is really good at what he does. Um, moving on. So, we got some Harry Potter news. Because uh, Daniel Radcliffe is still out promoting his uh, movie. Uh... What's it called? Uh, the most recent one? Yes. In, in Imperium. Imperium. Yes, Imperium. Yes, right. yes, where he plays... Uh, where he goes undercover. Yes. FBI undercover in the uh, white supremacist groups. Right. Um, so he's doing... Still doing um, uh, some press releases for that. And someone just point up Blake asked him, do you think the film industry is racist? And he said yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, he didn't actually say yes. He said it's clear to see. In other words, exact words, that he believes the U.S. film industry is racist and does not provide enough roles for minorities. Yeah. He also uh, voiced that he had no intention of playing Harry Potter in the upcoming film adaptation of The Cursed Child. Right. However, he said he would not be... 
He would be open in 30 years when they do happen to do the remakes for Harry Potter that he would consider a part. Yeah, I could see them uh, showing up in some sort of cameo capacity, but not as not as leads from here on out. Right. He said he said that he would like to see, he could see himself playing the Harry Potter father role. Yeah. That appears from time to time, but not the main protagonist or one of the teachers. Right. Professors. That would make some sense. Yeah. So you see Harry Potter's like a ha. Huh. Oh, God. Actual Harry Potter. You know what's scary? It's scary to start thinking about... 30 years from now? Yeah, well, that, but it's also scary to think about remakes of Harry Potter. Right. And it's, it's classic. How they will probably happen in our lifetime. Yeah, I mean, wow. it's all cyclical. I mean, cynical. <laughs> that too. <laughs> yep. And our two big movie news uh, updates here. Uh, one is from Argentina. Yes, that's right. I'm talking about Argentina here. Sure, okay. That Latin American country you do not know anything about. <laughs> yeah. But you should, because they actually have a really big uh, film industry there. Okay. Uh, so big that Argentina and its government has decided to offer cinema to primary school children. With uh, It includes students being taken to movie theaters to watch Argentinian films and have classes where they're taught the basics of how to analyze movies. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, uh, this uh, the results will be discussed at the twenty sixteen Ventana Sur Market, which will be uh, at the end of November, and they will discuss the impact that this will have in their um, in not only their film economy but also in their film industry, mm-hmm. because outside of China, and Bollywood, they're actually number f- uh, four. Oh, or wow. four or five. Yeah. There's actually a really big uh, Latin America influence in there. Cool. Um, I think the guy who's doing Jurassic World is an Argentina director. Also, um, don't forget about uh, Alfonso Cuaron. Right. Who's probably the most famous one. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening down there. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they can uh, influence themselves. Much like China's influenced themselves <laughs> in Bollywood. And if they can become the next uh, global market. Yeah. I and mean, that happened too. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Oh, I don't have it on my notes on purpose. Because yeah, we have to talk about it. Yeah, let's just mention it in passing and then just not talk about it. Alright. Um, <coughs> oh yeah, I forgot about this uh, little tidbit. Uh, Boana. Mm-hmm. Coming out in November. Has yes. already released its Halloween costumes. Oh, Okay, I guess we're going to talk about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. <coughs> so, uh, Disney released its costumes for Maui, and basically everyone jumped on the racist train. Speaking of being racist. <laughs> uh, for uh, Maui, J- a.k.a. Dwayne Johnson's character, is coming under fire for being racist because it is basically a brown-skinned bodysuit with fake tattoos and a grass skirt. Yes. Now, the reason they're uh, it's coming under fire is not because of the tribal tattoos, and not because its only piece of clothing is the grass skirt, but rather that the bodysuit is brown. Well, yeah, because it's not that hard. Think about it. It's Polynesian. When you think, of, well, no, think about this okay. for a second. 
If you are manufacturing a costume, yes. What does the word costume mean to you? It's That's fake. clothing. It's clothing. Right? Yes. It's clothing. So, there's two problems here. One. First of all, one, a costume for this character is kind of a dumb idea in the first place, because there's only one piece of clothing. Unless you want your kid to run around with the shirt off, not a great choice. Two. Second, tattoos can be tattoos on anyone. You don't necessarily have to dye the, the skin tone, the color of your skin tone of the character in the movie. That's not a costume. That becomes something else at that point. You know what you could, you, you could do? Maybe include a kit. Make your own tattoos. Or maybe include a clear like plastic layer that goes on the top that has the tattoos on them. Or... You don't make this costume because yeah. your movie comes out well, in that's November. Literally, what I told you. No, the first thing I said is maybe don't make a costume for this character because there's no way around this problem, really. <laughs> well, yes and no because you know Disney's trying to market itself out there. Yeah. And you know this this was Frozen as well before it came out in November, where they sent out all the princess costumes. Yeah, you're gonna market the movie. Obviously, yeah, yes. Disney's this gonna market. This is a way the for them to market the movie. Obviously, there's no way around that. However. Think about the costumes when you put that out. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so, okay. Well, then where's everyone who's getting upset about the Hulk costume, then? Hulk is, a, Hulk is an alien. No. Hulk is not an alien. Essentially. No. Okay, he's a, he's a monster that is a transformation of someone. Yes. Which yeah, is yeah. essentially an alien to a, to a layman. I'm just t- saying if you have no context for the who Hulk is. Right. And you have no idea what the origin story of the Hulk is. You would not know the difference between the Hulk and an alien, right? Uh, you assume he's from another assume, planet. Okay, sure. So that's what I'm saying. I'll, that's I'll go with this. I'll that's roll a with difference. This. That's different. That's very different than an actual culture who's been depicted in the movie. There is not a country of Hulks. No, there's not a country of Hulks. As far as I know, there is a planet, but there is no countries of Hulks. Technically, no, there's not a planet. <laughs> Isn't there, like, a thing called, like, Planet Hulk? There's a storyline called Planet Hulk. <laughs> yeah, isn't that a that's... planet full of Hulks? No, it's not. No? It's where Hulk takes over the planet. Okay. He conquers the planet called Planet Hulk. Okay, that's a whatever. Anyways, there, there's no Hulks hanging out on an island somewhere in on Earth. Then what about all the other body suits that you see out there for, like, Power Rangers or Captain America or Thor? First of all, Power Rangers is kind of a bad, bad, uh, a bad example because that is fully a suit, that is fully a costume. Well, the only reason I bring it up is because I had a costume. Yeah, anybody that. could be inside that suit. Right. Obviously, fans of the show know who's inside the suit, but that's but that's not appropriation well, in that case. Technically, they don't because you that's can be not. whoever you can still be yourself and be a Power Ranger, right? Right. So yeah, that's different. So you can still be yourself and be Maui. Yes, but you're wearing the color of someone who you may not necessarily represent is the issue here. And that But they're not representing. They're representing a character. A fictionalized... Well, okay. Again. Maui itself is not even a character. He is a legend. A yes. god, essentially. A yes. made-up character. From Polynesian culture. See what I mean? 
See, this is, I don't understand why we keep having this conversation on this podcast. <laughs> and we have it over the same thing every single time. Where I don't see the problem? Just because it's a fictional character does not mean that it has real life repercussions for people who are seeing it and absorbing but it. But Thor himself is a fictional character. It's Thor, actually the same thing. Th- but Thor is also a god. Well, this like, Maui is a god. <laughs> yes, that is true. But Thor is depicted in its mythology as white. The reason why this is a problem is because Viking culture is not something that we're talking about as having issues with modern culture. No, that's not a thing. If that house is not on fire, you don't spray water on it, Mike. <laughs> but what house is it going to grow? Oh. Yeah. Go. Grow. 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 You water to grow. Anyways. You water the greenhouse <laughs> over there to grow. Never mind. That's how you get the greenhouse effect. Never mind. That's not even true. <laughs> That's not how that works. That's not how that works at all. Um, so yeah. Uh, I guess yet again we'll agree to disagree. But yes. There's a reason why these things are being talked about. Uh, sure. And lastly, in movie news, yes, um, where Viacom <laughs> has decided that it will be letting go its interim CEO, Tom Dooley. Okay. Uh, he will be leaving in November the 15th, following the end of seeking a minority investor in Paramount Pictures. Okay. They're looking for someone to pick up uh, 49% of their tab. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when they say minority investor, they basically mean... Partner. Partner. Because that's basically like saying, like, ultimately, we're going to be done here, so please, someone else come in so that way in five more years you can buy out the rest of the, yes, the company. Yes, ultimately, yeah. we need someone it's to a half step. Yes. It's a half step, then instead of just saying, we're selling Paramount, it's, hey, maybe, maybe you guys may be interested in seeing how the Paramount thing works. It's if you want <laughs> your own movie company here then that's here already esta- has established franchises and you want to take a crack at um, here's a discount. Establishing them. Yeah. Here's 49% of our company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that uh, maybe someday we'll give you the other 2%. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I feel like that's very similar to what happened with um, Comcast thing, with uh, NBC Universal. Right. Comcast initially only bought about a little round half of the company and then ended up buying the rest of the shares like two years later. Right. That's what people are thinking that's happened with uh, Sprint, is that some low-level uh, Chinese company bought Sprint, or yeah. has its stake in Sprint, and eventually they're gonna just going to take over because they, as they expand into uh, more global markets. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Anyways, uh, according to the board, the board of uh, one of the chairmen's, uh, the board believes Viacom... The Frank Sinatra? Chairman of the board? Uh, no, it's actually Tom May. Oh, okay. Uh, he says the board believes Viacom has a product... As a product strategy that is among the best in the industry. Wow. Crank out sequels that no one wants to see. <laughs> That'll do it. Uh, the steps we are taking will make the company financially stronger and more flexible and, and will position Viacom to take advantage of future growth opportunities. Sure. Whatever that means. Yeah, it's that's business speak. Yep. Really, that's all it is. Yeah, it's just... Viacom wants out. That's what that sounds like to me. They don't want to make movies anymore because yeah. they're losing business exactly. for them. Exactly. They, they're basically like, no, this is behind us. We're moving on to other things. We don't want to have this saddle 
Even though Paramount means something to people, yes. they don't care anymore. Right. They need someone to basically come in and take over Paramount Pictures. Yeah. Which, um... <laughs> I think it... Wonder Group is actually in the business of uh, buying. Yeah. I could see, potentially, this being a good thing. I could see a international company coming in and kind of putting some more oomph behind their franchises and make them more of a big deal. Uh, this is a good way for, um, yeah... Sweden actually making good films over there because we basically we make everything they do, <laughs> or even Canadian pictures. Yeah, it's possible. Yep. So look out, <laughs> Paramount may become a Canadian company. Well, we'll see. <laughs> oh god. They just put a Mountie on top of the mountain there. Yep. On the logo. Basically, all they do is just add a mountain to a mountain. A Mountie. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah. Uh. The uh, meanwhile. Uh, he goes on to say that uh, Viacom has actually cut its earning estimates uh, for, the, for the September quarter by $115 million uh, for impairment uh, that Paramount has related to the expected performance of an unreleased film, okay. as well as the severance expensive expenses that were due to the exit agreement of their former CEO, Felipe Dauman. Okay. So basically, they're already in the hole. Yeah, they're trying to get. They need some. They need some cash fast. Yep, and this is one way to do it. Yep, sell some of your company. All right, cool. We probably dwelled too much on this story. Let's yep. move on. All right, and lastly, uh, I have another review to go over. Okay, I watched the Netflix movie Ark. Did you? I did. The only reason I bring this up is because one, it's on Netflix and it's free. And two, well, if you, it's free if you pay for Netflix. Yeah, it's so free really, if you pay for not, Netflix. It's part of it comes with your Netflix free. movies. And two, if you ever wanted to see a student film <laughs> that someone took the concept of ten minutes and basically expanded into a ninety-minute film, this is what you're gonna get. <laughs> so basically, it's one idea stretched for ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's one. It's a good. It's an <laughs> interesting concept that's been done before of. Basically reliving the same two hours over and over again. Sure. It's the groundhog effect. Yeah. Ex- until it gets to like the tenth time you're doing it to where it's just repeating the <laughs> same information. Right. And yeah, so basically for all, mainly for all you film students out there who are watching, listening to our podcast, watching us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Watch cameras. ARC. ARQ. ARC. Huh. Okay. Basically, the simplest form of a completed film, student film that I've seen. It's, it has some elements of a Hollywood big blockbuster. I could see it being turned into it, but then I could see why everyone in the Hollywood would pass on it as well. Yeah. So basically, if this was ever to be a major release, they would have to rework the script. Oh yes. Yeah. To rework the script, I could see them. Not um, just sort of getting better actors. But expanding on the universe to create more than just a everything happens in this one house type effect. Right. That makes sense. Yep. And that's all we have for movie news. Alright. So, television. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie broke up or whatever. Yep. Television. Yep. Uh, <laughs> technically she filed for divorce. Yeah, whatever. I cite this on the resurgence of Brad Pitt's career. Yeah. Probably. Yep. And he decided to go make. He career? decided to yes. 
he decided to make more movies yeah. and thus bring in more money, and she decided to go behind the camera and <laughs> but not make money. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. But at least they're passion projects for her, I guess, technically. Something. Yes, Blood and Honey. Mm-hmm. Yes, anyone see that? Anyone? No. Defiance? Anyone see it? No. Oh, wait, no. She was a Defiance. It was the other one. Uh, yeah, it was the other one. I don't know what it's called. Yes. Um, Imperium. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're all called Imperium. Yes. I don't know. Anyways, yes, the one about the runner. Television. That I didn't like. Anyways, television. It is week two of the NFL. Is it? Yes. And um, I forgot that we reported on this last, uh, back in February. But NFL is on Twitter now. Yes. They have a streaming deal. Yes. It looks like. Yes, so uh, like with CBS, probably the exact same structure, for Thursday Night Games, you will be able to view it on Twitter, both on your phone and on your computer, via Twitter. Cool. Just search the hashtag NFL for Thursday Night Games, and you'll watch the Thursday Night Games right there on your phone. Cool. Uh, Just be warned, it does eat up data, like most stuff. Yeah. Yep. And other highlights from NFL Week 2. Rams win their home game, but don't score a touchdown. <laughs> Adrian Peterson and Jimmy Garoppolo are both out this week. Yep. And lastly, my team, my fantasy teams went 3-0 and this week. <laughs> well, congratulations to All you. All three wins. <laughs> now let's get to the big, uh, the big chunk of uh, what we're going to talk about. The Emmys and yeah. their results. Yeah, let's go over this because there were some predict- predictable winners here and a couple of unpredictable ones, but for the most part, this was a pretty boring show. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon was all right. Jimmy Sorry, Kimmel. not Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel. Man, a bad week to be Jimmy Fallon, a great week to be Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. They saw the Donald Trump thing? Yeah. 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 Not great. But yeah, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel did a great job, I thought, thought at the Emmys as host. I thought his monologue was funny. Yep. I thought his little interstitials were good. Um, just in general, I thought a pretty good uh, pretty good performance. Yep. Pretty good. Made the show a little more interesting than the actual awards. Uh, was he better than Andy Samberg last year? I really like Andy Samberg, but yes, probably. Well, yeah. <laughs> as much as I like Andy Samberg. Yes, because outside of the opening... Um that Andy Samberg did last year, mm. where you watch every single television show. Yeah. Uh, very forgettable performance. Right, yeah. yeah. Whereas Kimmel, Kimmel, I think the, st- the bits are going to be pretty memorable. Yes. Like, especially... The Matt Damon bit. Yeah, the Matt Damon recurring gag is always funny. Yes. Um, the bit where he pointed out Mark Burnett and blamed Mark Burnett yes. for Donald Trump, I thought was perfect. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was pretty good. But yeah. as for the actual awards... Uh, pretty boring. Not great. Let's go over the big... Let's Might as well start from the big ones. All right, so uh, Jeffrey Tambor yeah. once again wins for Transparent, <coughs> and Julia Louis-Dreyfus <laughs> once again wins for Veep. Uh, so pretty predictable for the lead actors. Yep, lead actors for your comedy. As for your lead actors for your drama, that was a surprise shake-up here. Yeah, where both surprises. Mr. Robot uh, star Rami Malek wins, yeah. and Orphan Black, Tatiana... Maslani, did I say that right? Sounds right. Maslani uh, finally wins after four seasons. Yeah. So good for uh, one, cable shows getting yep. their due uh, for the acting noms. And good for Mr. Robot, which is sounding like might be a dark horse pick for next year. Yep. Uh, for It seems like a lot of people like that show. 
Yep. However, um, didn't win anything else. No. <laughs> yeah, but apparently people like that show. Uh, Golden Globes love Mr. Robot. Yes. I think it has an, a certain appeal to the foreign press. Yeah. Uh, your other big winners were Master of None with the writing for a comedy uh, episode. <laughs> Great. So Aziz Ansari has an Emmy. Yep. Last week tonight with John Oliver won for uh, scripted comedies. Meaning after last week, John Oliver has two Emmys. Yep. Because he won uh, for writing as well. And we called that one. Yep. And also, uh, Pat Oswald wins. Yes. And he uh, dedicated his Emmy to his late wife, Michelle McNamara. It was sad. Yes. Uh, he had a really, really nice speech. Yeah. Um, dedicating those Emmy to his two loves. One, his daughter who's waiting at home. And two, his second love who's waiting somewhere else. Aww. Sad. Sad. But yeah. yeah. But, okay, now let's get to our big winners. Yeah. So, first big winner was People vs. O.J. Simpson. Which, predictably, took pretty much every category was nominated in. Yep. Uh, four wins, including um, Sarah Paulson, uh, Sterling, K. Sterling Brown. K. Brown, Courtney B. Vance, and winner for Best Miniseries. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, as a little side note, Sarah Paulson decided to get her Emmy engraved for Marsha Clark. Who oh. was her also her date? That's sweet. And who she portrayed in, um, in the, in the miniseries, and then gave her the <laughs> Emmy as basically an apology for everyone <laughs> in the world, saying we're sorry we judged you based on media. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. Yes, that's a good. That's a good thing for Sarah, Sarah to do. Yep. Also, a uh, little reduction for Marsha Clark. Yeah. Also kind of awkward for her rooting for OJ to win. Lol. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, now your big winner. Yes. The behemoth. The one no one can stop. Game of Thrones. Yep. 12 wins this year. Of those 12 wins, seven of them were for one episode. Yes. So the magic thing about multiple directing and uh, writing categories <laughs> is that you can have the same episode win. <laughs> And that's exactly what happened here. Yep. Along with, of course, um, best drama. Yes. At the end of the night. So one and one best drama. Two, uh, the episode Battle of the Bastards won seven en- seven Emmys yes. and sets the record for a single episode win. Yeah. Previously held. Do you know this answer? I don't actually. By ER's pilot episode. That makes sense. Love's labor loss. That makes sense actually. Yep. With five. Because that was the one they shot. It was like a two-hour premiere. They shot it like a, they shot it on film. Well, because they shot the entirety of ER on film. Right. And uh, it had George Clooney in it. So, yeah. Yeah, George Clooney. <laughs> yes. Previously five. Your currently record holder is seven. And uh, with Game of Thrones winning uh, the last category, Best Drama, it passed. Uh, it now currently has the all-time record holder for a scripted series. Drama. No. No? Scripted series. Okay. Passing Frasier. Oh, wow. Yes. By one. By, I was going to say probably only by one. Though. By one, yes. Wow. However, SNL holds the yes. all-time... Nominations. Right. No, all-time wins uh-huh. with 45. 
for unscripted non-prime time series. All right. So that's even your... though technically most of it is scripted. Yes. Because it is live. Yes, because it is a live yes. performance. They, can't they call, call it, it unscripted. Or they classify it as an unscripted. Interesting. And those that's uh, your Emmy highlights. Hmm. And lowlights. Moving on. Yes. Uh, CW has decided that it needs more viewers uh, for streaming. So, you, so if you download the CW app, you will no longer need a login to watch all new episodes. Well. However, it's only for the current season. Okay. And if you want to watch the past seasons... They currently have their deal with Netflix that you need to go and watch. Oh, interesting. So I guess by default, they have no real reason to have that be as pay service anymore. Right. Right. So you can watch the the newest episodes for CW the next day, but it'll only be for probably two weeks. Right, until they remove them. Right, until they remove them. Okay. I mean, that could be cool. I mean, me personally, I don't watch anything on the CW. But if somebody did... but in terms of a streaming strategy... Yeah, that's smart. It's smart. Be like, hey, do you want to catch up? Get uh, Nef- uh, whatever subscription. Yep. You watch us for now. Yeah, but I mean, CW going without a login or without the need of a cable subscription. That yeah, they they want to reach a wider audience. Yeah. Yep. Um. And lastly, for uh, TV, I have some Olympic complaints. So, uh, The Verge <laughs> decided to email the FCC <laughs> and about any complaints that were lodged while watching the uh, Olympics. Okay. Outside of the bad coverage uh, <laughs> that people complained about, yes. there were actual uh, several complaints about what was being shown. Okay. Including uh, complaints to the FCC for the opening ceremony. Displaying people's buttockses. Oh, whatever. It's Brazil! <laughs> That's kind of what they're known for. For track and field athletes, lightly exposing male genitalia, <laughs> and proposed less camera time and slow motion on these runners flip-flopping their way across the finish line. Um, okay. <laughs> sure. And they were also complaining about, um... The lack of clothing for these athletes, uh-huh. including the swimmers. Um, <laughs> do these people not understand how sports work? I don't know. I'm guessing this is middle America. I'm guessing these people have never seen a swimming event before. It just drives me crazy how people cannot separate, like, no, there is a reason why these athletes are... You know, wearing this because it's what uh, helps them achieve the goal. It has nothing to do with oh, I'm wearing this to like appeal to you. It's practical. It's practical wear. That's all athletic wear is. It's what is the most practical thing I can wear for this sport. Well, those were just about the uh, Olympics themselves. <laughs> People also complained to the SEC about <laughs> NBC. Okay. About quote having temporary access. For those who don't have a cable subscription to other NBC channels. And there were other complaints from cord cutters who cannot access online streaming content. <laughs> because well, yeah. in order to access 
one, in order to watch it on TV, you need all NBC channels, including like Bravo and right. uh, other channels. Right. NBC Sports. Well, um, I hate to tell these people things, but one, you can't always get what you want. And number two, if you want to watch television, get television. Pay for television. Well, let's say that people were complaining about NBC's Olympics online streaming service, how they could only access 30 minutes at a time before their free trial ran out. Yeah. Again, if you want to watch something... Sometimes you have to pay for it. It's not rocket science. It's, you can't say, oh, content creator, your thing sucks because I have to pay for it. That's not how it works. We live in a, we live in a society where these things are, things that take effort cost money. I'm sorry, but it takes effort to cover the Olympics. How about this? Uh, some declared NBC to have a monopoly Yes. On the Olympics, and it being un-American <laughs> to have full control over the Olympics and coverage of the events. First of all, citing that since they are a cable company, <laughs> that the events should be available to all, okay. and not split up amongst itself. Okay. Citing net neutrality. There is so much wrong with this <laughs> statement. First of all, there's nothing more American than a monopoly. Let me yeah. put it that way. Number two. NBC is not a cable company. They are a broadcast company that has yes. branched into cable. Yes. What the hell was that? I don't know. Oh, I don't know what that was. I have the other And number three. That's not how cable works, <laughs> even. Cable has separate channels. That's always been the case with cable. You can't get everything on one channel. Also, number four. That's not how net neutrality works. Net neutrality has nothing to do with cable. Cable is a completely different beast. Anyways. Thank you for explaining people's stupidity. Wow. Yes, I was having a good laugh while reading all that's, of this. That was cr- that's crazy. Yep. Uh, speaking of crazy. Yes. Uh, Netflix is going crazy. So, this is part of our renewals and deaths. But uh, first, Netflix has gone crazy. Or rather, Netflix's renewals. Yes. So, they've decided uh, they have a premiere date for Fuller House. Okay. Season 2 will be December 9th. Okay. So, you'll get a second Fuller House season before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, Netflix has also renewed Arrested Development, as we covered. And they will begin shooting season 5 in January. Okay. This is according to Jeffrey Tambor, who has scheduled it out. Makes sense. And lastly, Netflix has picked up a 10-order episode for Spike Lee's movie, She's Gotta Have It. Okay. Based on the same name. Right. And Spike Lee will be directing every episode. Wow. Because when this was pitched, it was originally going to go to Showtime. Oh. But Showtime doesn't want it anymore. So now it's going to Netflix. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. As for your other renewals, FX has decided to renew both Atlanta and Better Things for second season. Cool. And that's it for <laughs> renewals. Cancelled. Yes. Is Hand of God. Yes. Cancelled. <laughs> However, this is an Amazon show, so its second season will still stream next year. Okay. And also cancelled is Roadies. Right. One season. On Showtime. Yeah, no, nobody watches Showtime, turns out. Yep. <laughs> Except for Ray Donovan. 
for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Alright, and as for your deaths, we have Charmaine Carr, age 73, dementia, best known as Leslie Von Trapp, the eldest child of Gone with the Wind, and best known for singing. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Okay, wait, what? Von Trapp. Von Trapp. Gone with the Wind. What? Weren't the Von Trapps in Sound of Music? That's what I said. Gone with the Wind. Hmm? You know, the, the one they did with the Carrie Underwood. Yeah, The Sound of Music. Yeah, The Sound of Music. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what what version of Gone with the Wind are you watching? <laughs> sound of Music. <laughs> sound of Music. Uh, yes, for performing 16 going on 17. Right, yes. It, yes. The Sound of Music. The Sound of Music. The, what if I told you Gone, of the, Gone with the Wind does not have musical numbers? I say you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> So what am I thinking of then? I have no idea. Anyways, uh, she also starred in <coughs> the TV movie Evening Promise, or Evening Primrose. But that's all her acting credit includes. Okay. As she decided to leave Hollywood in order to raise two daughters and run an interior design business. Sure. Which had clients including Michael Jackson. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she did pretty well for herself, I guess. I guess so. Yep. That was uh, Charmaine Carr. And uh, also death is Curtis Hansen, yes. 71. Yes, Oscar-winning writer of L.A. Confidential and director of such films as The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, mm-hmm. The River Wild, and the one you probably most known for, Eight Mile. Right, so a storied career and a lot of classics in that list. Yep. Um, uh, 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 LA Confidential still holds up. I actually recently, within the last year, saw that. Okay. It's, it's still a really good uh, modern take on a noir, even though modern now is 20 years ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> still. Modern, yeah. aka the 90s. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, great writer. He will be missed. That's, uh, that's pretty sad. Yep. And let's go on to our uh, billboards. All right. Uh, so, billboard. Top 100 is boring again, so I'm not going to bother reading it. Still, your number one song in the country is still The Chainsmokers and Halsey with um, whatever the hell that song is called. Closer. 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 Um, your Billboard 200, your album chart, did have another shakeup. Whoa. That's why I like this album chart. It seems to change every week because there's always something new coming out. In this case, your number one album is brand new this week. You might know this guy, but they don't know. Sorry. Jason Aldean's album titled They Don't Know. They don't know. Is number one this week on the Billboard charts. With his uh, hit song, The Lights Come On. I believe this is not his first number one album. No. So there you go. Yes. Number two is Still Views by Drake. Number three is Still Suicide Squad, the album. But your number four and five have changed. Your number four is a brand new debut as well this week Bastille with Wild World. Really? Yes, Bastille has a new album. Well, I didn't have a new album coming out, but I know it was this week. <laughs> yes, and your debut at number five, also a debut, The Head and the Heart with Signs of Light. Okay. So that's your top five. Um, other other um, interesting uh, d- drops this week in the rest of this list 
is that Beatles re-released the Live at the Hollywood Bowl, debuted at number seven. Okay. And your uh, acoustic recordings collection from Jack White debuted at number eight. Uh, speaking of that Beatles album, yes, you can now watch eight days a week. <coughs> yes, you can. Yeah, of uh, the film directed by Ron Howard on Hulu. On Hulu, but only on Hulu. Yes, right? only on Hulu. Yeah. And also, um, going off of your um, albums list, yes, an album just went platinum. Yes, yes, it did. Yes, it did. This is one had this one is a uh, cabinet in the making. For platinum, and it took a while, but it finally did it. Weezer. Yes. Weezer, and it's a uh, album Pinkerton. Yes. Or rather, the Pink album. Well, no. Yes. It's Pinkerton. Pinkerton. <laughs> uh, finally goes platinum. Pinkerton, kind of known as if you're like a Weezer super fan, it's a lot of the ones that Weezer fans seem to glom onto as their favorite. It was underappreciated when it was released in '96, um, especially since their debut, uh, the Blue Album, was so popular. Um, they decided to go with a completely different kind of sound for Pinkerton. It's a lot quieter. It's a lot angrier. Um, a lot of people credit it as one of the um, fundamental albums of the emo movement that would have that, that would really catch fire in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, ever since then, they kind of had to reverse their uh, approach, <laughs> and so later albums do not sound like Pinkerton does, because specifically it, uh, how it underperformed. But right. it's a cult favorite, you could say. And so it's it's cool to see it get its um, get its due after twenty years of being released. Um, yes. No, I don't particularly care for it that. So, like you said, this <laughs> this album was released in two thousand six, or nineteen ninety six. Yes, nineteen ninety six. Ninety six. Yes. It went gold in two thousand one. Yes. It went platinum. Not until now. Not until now. This I mean, week. I mean, that's an amazing thing about them counting streams now because a lot of these albums can catch up. Yep. Because you don't, we don't live in a world where, uh, without streaming, we don't live in a world where Pinkerton could be a platinum album. Right. Because it, no one would have bought it. Like, no one bought, bought music for several years. Right. Even now, like, you, no one's going to go to a record store and look no. for Pinkerton. I mean, they might, actually. You might. Uh, to be fair, a member of our very meetup, when we had the um, um, last uh, record store meetup, brought his copy, his sealed copy of Weezer's Pinkerton to sell. To sell? Yes, to sell. <laughs> Did you get anything for it? Uh, apparently it was open in a slight, like, they had to open it to check something, mm-hmm. and thus it lost, like, its like, half its value as soon as they opened it. Oh, bull. Yeah. So he was not pleased. <laughs> Why do they have to open it? Because, I, I don't know, I guess this place has a, a policy where they can't sell, uh, they can't take uh, sealed copies. Kind of like uh, GameStop. GameStop can't take sealed copies of games either. Uh, for a similar reason. Yeah. Because basically it doesn't become, you can't call it used unless it's open. Right. And they have no business in getting another new copy. They get all the new copies directly from the retailer. Right. So why would they, or from the company, so why would they want your sealed copy? They don't, there's no value in it for them. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Still, that sucks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they should have at least told them, like, hey, we're gonna, we have to open this up. I think they did right after he already had his heart set on it, so it was like, fine. Oh. Uh. Alright, um, anyways, um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. Uh, one, performed for the L.A. Rams during opening day. Right, and they played a song. They played two. <laughs> uh, neither of them were California Asian. No, so we were wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but they did play their new <laughs> single. Yes. Uh, whatever it was called. Who cares? 
Um, and uh, just shortly after that, they announced uh, their North American tour. Yeah. On, on their website for 2017. Sure. Speaking of tours. Yes. Someone will not be on tour. Okay. Adele has right. announced that she'll be taking a lengthy break, a.k.a. roughly 10 years. Whoa. Yes. From touring in order to bring, bring up her son, Angelo. I mean, that makes sense. She plans to relocate to the U.S. and become a full-time mom. Okay. But this does not mean she's done singing in general. Right. She could still put up albums. And, as uh, someone noted, she could take up residency in Las Vegas. Yeah. And basically perform and be a mom there. I think it's a little early for that. I could see her just kind of, you know, doing her family thing for a while and recording some albums. Yeah. I could see her doing some, like... Some different kinds of albums. Instead of this weird, you know, this big, like, blockbuster release thing for Adele, I get to hear her, churn, churn, her churning out some smaller things every couple of years. Yeah, Adele's basically earned her place in America's yeah. homeland heart. Yeah, she doesn't really need to do a whole lot more. No. She's already a superstar. We can give her an American <coughs> visa. Yes. Uh, a pass. <laughs> also a visa. Yes. And, uh, oh, speaking of people who don't belong here, Lady Gaga <laughs> is set to perform at Super Bowl 2017 halftime show. Right. Uh, this following the announcement of her new album. Yep. Her new album, Joanne, yes. will be released on October 21st. This is also not the first time she is performing at, she'll be performing uh, at the Super Bowl, as she did the national anthem last year. Before Super Bowl 50. Right, and I remember how much people were actually like, wow, she did such a good job. Yes. So it's like, well, here you go. Here's more Gaga. Yep. So everyone, prepare for more Gaga. Cool. I'm excited uh, that this could be the most exciting one since Beyonce. You don't like the Katy Perry one? Yeah, it was all right. It was, it entertaining, was inter- I guess. It's entertaining, I mean, it's not for entertainment's really, sake, not for yeah, like, not quality. Really, yeah, you're not looking uh, to um, uh, Katy Perry for like, oh my God, that was amazing. Um, art. I know I was thinking earn. <laughs> <laughs> I was way off. I was thinking or. Like O R E. And lastly, <laughs> in music news, Queen, uh, more specifically, Brian May, has teamed up with Google and Google Play and Studio and Ross VR to sure. create Bohemian Rhapsody Experience. Okay. It's a VR app. What? Yes. What? Yes. You heard that right. Okay. So Queen has created a VR app specifically for VR in which you can experience <coughs> a psychedelic version, or at least it's what's claimed to be, of Bohemian Rhapsody. Available now for Android and coming soon to iOS. Uh, okay. This is the strangest world Wheel of Fortune clue I've ever seen. <laughs> Sorry, I have no idea what's I couldn't going keep on. that in. I couldn't keep that inside anymore. I just had to. It looks like a crossword. I have no idea how you're even supposed to. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is a crossword. It's, it's kind of look at. Maybe that's how they shake it up. Do new things. Anyways. Anyways, <laughs> that's it for music news. So video that's all games. I have for music news. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, video games. Um, Pokemon Go Plus finally hit shelves. Wow, <laughs> took a while. Yeah. So, this actually could be a good way for people to get back into Pokemon Go. 
And it's now a whole lot easier to track steps and uh, capture Pokemon. Yeah. For those of you who have not already caught your 150. But also, there are rumors that they will be releasing the Johto region in December. Oh, dang. Yep. Get you back into that. Yeah, <laughs> it is crossword. Yeah. To get you back into that uh, Pokemon Go app. Yep. And everybody gets to have Bayleaf and enjoy Bayleaf. Bayleaf. No one enjoys Bayleaf. Bayleaf's great. It's all about the it's all about uh Feraligator. Feraligator's pretty cool. Feraligator. We'll give that to Feraligator. Also, Giraffa Rig. I recommended Giraffa Rig. No, no, no. I'm always for Ampharos. Ampharos is pretty cool. Ampharos. Ampharos is jet. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah, he's jet yeah, yeah, too. Because Mareep of Flaffy. Flaffy and then Flaffy to Ampharos. Unfortunately, right. yes. Um, Ampharos is the slowest Pokemon in the world. Yeah, there's that. But it is a hard hitting one. <laughs> But yeah, there's cool Pokemon in Gen 2. Oh, I think this one also includes a uh, Crobat. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, the fastest Pokemon <laughs> in the world. <laughs> yep, gotta have balance. Yep. Uh, also, if you're not into Pokemon, but more into NBA, you can <laughs> pick up NBA 2K17 and play with Michael Jordan. Yes, so. In career mode. I have something to report about this. Yes. Do you remember how last year's story mode was the most bizarre thing in the world? Yes. And we have people that could, that attested to this. Yes. Um, apparently, they've really toned it down this year. Okay. Apparently, the story mode is not as crazy. Oh. It's not the Spike Lee joint that it was last year. Speaking it's of not Spike the Spike Lee. Lee joint where you're basically a kid from the Bronx. Right. Uh, from, from the No Good Slums and make your way to the NBA. Yeah, no. it's not like that this time. No. Apparently, this time, <laughs> you are already the high prospect going into the draft. Yeah. So, that's interesting. Yep. But, no matter where you end up, you get to play with Michael Jordan. Hey, wait. Michael A. Jordan or Michael B. Jordan? Not Michael A. Jordan. <laughs> you get to play with Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan is your teammate, and he actually did mocap for this. <laughs> Man, Michael B. Jordan better <laughs> never uh, uh, go for a basketball career. <laughs> Don't you get it? He's playing young Kobe and old Kobe in that Apple TV commercial. Yes. Uh, and lastly, in gaming news, we have talk of digital homicide happening. Okay, you need to be more specific. Okay, digital homicide basically committed suicide on themselves. What first explain what digital homicide is? All right, digital homicide is a <laughs> gaming company, and they mainly put their games on Steam. And people have noticed that basically all they do is. Reskin their games and put them back out mm -hmm. in order to make more money and in order for people to buy them to collect Steam cards, I guess. <laughs> Question mark? Question mark, because I don't have a Steam account, but apparently it's the thing that happens. When you buy a new game, yes. you get a Steam card. Yes, and you do. They become rare, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, there's a whole market basically around the trade of Steam cards. Yes. So in order to up their value, they basically. People have suggested that they basically reskin their games. Okay. And people are not happy about this, including to the fact that they decided to voice their opinions and comments Oops. and give them negative reviews. Oops. You do not... Well, one, you're allowed to do this. Two, uh, Digital Homicide thinks you shouldn't be allowed to do this. Uh -huh. And therefore, they have filed lawsuits... Over their negative comments to users, basically citing 
uh, it's the lawsuit is currently due to homicide versus the unknown. <laughs> Unless the unknown, the unknown as their usernames. Wow. Or the, rather their gamer tags. Unknown. Another Pokemon you'll be able to catch in December. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole alphabet. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. <coughs> well, uh, that's dumb. Yeah. Well, since they can't sue them individually, or they're basically suing them all as a lump, yeah. I can't sue. I can't get their names. They've actually issued a award to Valve to release their names. Um, so they are suing Valve. Yeah, and Valve's not going to do that. No. Why would they? No, there's no reason to. Actually, in turn, Valve banned the studio <laughs> from putting their games on on the Steam website and for yeah. quote being hostile with Steam customers. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. what it was. So, Digital Homicide is taking a stand for the lack of resolution in regards to moderation of their platform. Oh, whatever. They're just butthurt because they didn't get to play the game they wanted to play. Like, this weird, like, double thing trying to popularize their game. Right. You know, it's like, they, they, they should have been called out. It's good that they're getting called out. Well, they previously sued critic Jim Sterling. Yep. Uh, for giving them red negative reviews. Yeah. And they lost that case. Which, yeah, which is dumb. That's how critical reviews work. Yep, and now they're suing random people on the internet. <laughs> it just sounds like this is a case of people yelling at the clouds, you know? It's like, this company obviously doesn't understand how the internet works. They're asking for $18 million. Yeah, they're not going to get it yet. No. No. I would be surprised if a lawyer takes up their case. No, God no. That's that's a losing case right there. Yep. Yeah, that's done. And that's all of the news I have. Okay, cool. I don't have anything else. It was a pretty slow week uh, video game-wise. So, yeah, everything already kind of happened. Oh, yes. I do plan on purchasing ReCore <laughs> at some point. That game came out. Ah. Uh, but it came let's out talk after some, the podcast about that. It came out to some uh, questionable yeah, reviews I heard. I heard some things. Yes. So, probably not. Um, but um, Gears of War 4 is just about a week or so out. Yep. That will be coming out. I will play that. Um, in the meantime, yeah, there's kind of not a whole lot of games immediately right now. It looks no, like you October. Went back to, you went back to Borderlands. I did. You love it. That's not news. Um, <laughs> that's the average for me. Yes. Um, but yeah, October and November will be big game months, so I'm sure we'll have plenty of to video games to talk about that. Well, especially November. <coughs> yes. Yep. All right. Pokemon! Okay, cool. Uh, With that, you can follow us on the Twitter and on Facebook. And (laughs) if you just. On the Facebook. And if you just Google Media Boat Podcast, chances (laughs) are you found us already. You did it. Just go tell other people, please. I want to see this number go up. Please. Alrighty. (laughs) Also, I'm going to do. I know I said last week I'm going to do some YouTube YouTube thing. I have a plan for it now. I have a plan. I'm going to talk with you off podcast about this. Sounds good. But, um, yes, uh, I'm going to experiment with some YouTube stuff, and we will probably, hopefully, get more people to listen to us. Yep, we're going to experiment with our favorite flavor of gum. Yep. All right. All right. Bye. Have a good week. See you guys next week.